On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment. Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11 for Dave and Dijanovic. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, we're going to be continuing with our Funding Lab mini-series with my co-host and securities lawyer, Josh Soloway. Josh, thanks for making time, and do you want to introduce our guest? Sure. Um, thanks, Jess. It's always a pleasure. Um, it's really a pleasure this time. We've got um, we've got a really special guest here today. Um, Ken Wynn is the CEO of Republic. So without going with them to you know pitch events, I wouldn't be able to learn and to read what is it from their pitch that that doesn't work for the audience, for the investors. This is another episode of our Innovation and Leadership series where we interview pro athletes, world-class musicians, CEOs, Hollywood filmmakers, and a wide variety of other high achievers. Before we get rolling, I want to invite you to get involved with Child Rescue, the charity our founders started. To learn more about them, just come to our website, iCollective.co, and check on the Child Rescue tab on our menu. Also, I want to talk to you about one of our show's sponsors. I met these guys back on episode six. CEO Zach Smith was telling me all about starting a skateboard company and how much he hated doing the bookkeeping uh, for a skateboard shop and how he really uh, got led to start this business, Bookly, that's a hybrid combining bookkeeping software and human services. And I'll tell you why I let him become a sponsor. It's because I use their service now. I don't love paying 50 bucks an hour for bookkeepers to do stuff that I know software could do way, way cheaper, but uh, I don't love bookkeeping at all, so I want a real live human who knows what they're talking about to help me with the stuff I don't understand. Uh, Probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me, though, the thing that put me over the top was that they could do my taxes and payroll also. Um, So totally suggest checking them out. Go to their website, bookly.co, and check out their flat rates. I've been super happy with them. So now on to today's episode. Ken Nguyen is the CEO of Republic. Republic is a uh, crowdfunding platform, a Title III crowdfunding platform that um, is really uh, one of the one of the most respected uh, you know players in the in, in the space right now, and with good reason. Um, Republic was uh, spun out of AngelList, um, where Ken uh, Nguyen uh, played a very active role. Um, and uh, is now full-time with Republic and, and building this business independently uh, and doing some really interesting things uh, within this space. Uh, Ken, we're really excited to have you here, and we're, uh, I was also excited to learn that you're also a fellow uh, Boston University law alum, so, uh, so that was kind of <laughs> neat to learn. Um, in any event, uh, we've talked about that offline, but really looking forward to hearing more about Republic uh, and about uh, your journey. And um, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, um, about Republic, um, who you are, what's your mission, et cetera. Definitely. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Jess and Josh, for having me. It's a pleasure being here. 
uh, and thank you for that kind introduction. We launched Republic only about seven, or actually nine weeks now. Uh, it's a Title III equity crowdfunding platform, so everyone can invest, not donate, not buy a product, but actually making an investment in companies that we curate. And they're typically mission-driven, uh, women or minority-focused, and or social impact companies on republic.co.co. So uh, talk to us about why you felt like um, the world needed another portal and, and what it took to get Republic going. You know, the uh, Title III crowdfunding is very new. So for 80 years of uh, U.S. securities law, you have to be a high net worth individual, by and large, to invest in private companies. What that means is that entrepreneurs have limited access to capital. They only have a few places to go. Investment funds, seed funds, or high net worth individuals, if they know them. So over the years, and from my experience at AngelList, we could see very well that the current system serves some but not all. Typically, the vast majority of venture capital and early stage capital goes into companies based in California, social app focused, and you know, focused on male founders, on, on companies with male founding team. We believe that equity crowdfunding through Title III can really level the playing field. And if more ideas are given the chance to become impactful businesses, I cannot think of a better way to, to make a difference in the world. And we're really excited about, about the future, about the potential of Title III crowdfunding and Republic in particular. Um, and so for not everybody, you know, not everybody really understands what a player in this space AngelList is and, and what a credibility piece it is. Um, you know, for those who don't understand, you know, that the hundred million dollars that's been raised for investors, you know, pre 2014, I don't even know what the number's up to now, or, you know, being able to partner with TechCrunch and raise over 400 million. Like, can you give people a bit of a, of a feeling of, of, um, the the role that Angelus plays out there and and why it's so great to have that kind of backing for you. Uh, certainly, you know, thank you for that. And uh, Angelus is no, I think Harvard Business Review called it the most uh, disrupt, the most noted disruption in venture capital in over half a century. Why? Before Angelus, there was no way for founders to find their way to investors if they're not in the ecosystem. So Angelus match it founders with high net worth uh, angel investors. Uber raised the first million dollars through introduction on AngelList. And just to give you an idea of how private um, investment, how profitable it can be, if one invested $1,000 in the very first round that Uber raised through AngelList, that $1,000 today would be worth more than $12 million. But fast forward six years, uh, AngelList today have raised money for over a thousand companies, deploying almost half a billion dollars. In the past six months, investments through AngelList, we have seen three uh, multi-billion dollar exits, Dollar Shave Club, Twilio, 
and uh, and cruise. Uh, so the it it is known today as one of the dominant um, you know funding portal where entrepreneurs can go to get their financing. But but Angelus is limited only to high net worth investors. You got to be a millionaire or got to make a lot of money, typically two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars per year for a number of years in order for you to participate, to invest on AngelList. On Republic, you can be a student, you can be a billionaire, anyone and everyone can invest as little as $10 in the companies that we have. Interesting, you know, can you tell us a little bit about, because I think it's relevant, can you tell us a little bit about the AngelList story? Because you were obviously involved there at various, you know, uh, throughout you know, at least a good portion of that, and and obviously yeah. your role was um, look, look. You obviously did a good did a good enough job and <laughs> and impressed enough people that they wanted you to uh, to to head this up. So or at least back to you to do so. So can you tell us about the AngelList journey uh, in it for 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 AngelList for the market and for yourself? And then we'll talk a little bit about maybe even what you learned there that that is applicable as you're as you're approaching this new space with the public. Most certainly, most certainly. You know, Angelus itself is very mission driven. So the two founders, uh, Naval and Nivi, uh, both of whom worked in venture capital before, and they saw how opaque the venture ecosystem was. That is, founders did not know or entrepreneurs did not know what venture capitalists took into account their decision-making process in evaluating a deal, in making, in dishing out capital, in negotiating terms. There was no, there was very little information at the time, and this is the late 2000s. So out of a desire to help entrepreneurs navigate that entire fundraising process better, providing information on terms, on what's reasonable, on what's fair, providing transparency into that ecosystem, that they launched what was originally known as Venture Hacks, the block. So today, you know, people can go to VentureHacks.com and you can learn, you can read up on, you know, things on uh, how to raise a seed round, what valuation you should look at, if you even should place a valuation at all. So that at the beginning, it was nothing more than an open source information platform to help entrepreneurs. From there, it evolved into a community. And Angelist at heart is not just an investment portal. It's a social media network, a social network for startups. Uh, and I think that's where companies can go today to hire engineers and designers to get financing from you know, accredited uh, high net worth investors and to consult, to communicate, to do a lot more. That mission in bringing transparency and democratizing uh, venture capital uh, was what drew me to Angelus to begin with. And it's very much the same mission that we have brought on with us to Republic. Uh, venture capital, by definition, would never be able to go beyond the accredited investor net worth. So the democracy piece of that mission is limited. And that's why you know, I'm so excited about Republic, which really opens the door to everyone of all background to participate in that entrepreneurship journey. Interesting. I mean, that's that's excellent, and that 
experience, I'm sure, is so hugely useful. I mean, and rare that anybody has that kind of a, <laughs> frankly, it doesn't get much more on point. What do you see as um, kind of the, the similarities in the landscape in terms of how they approached um, they being uh, obviously, you know, the Angelus founders. I know Naval is obviously, uh, you know, now a revered and, and very well respected figure in the space. Not that he wasn't before, but having taken on a new landscape and done something revolutionary, um, what lessons did you learn there that are really applicable here in your in your current run? Um, I think the most uh, there are three things. Uh, the first one I think is the most important one, and that's the focus on making, on removing friction for entrepreneurs, for founders. Uh, Nivi, the the other co-founder of Angelus, has a has a saying. He said that uh, startups are here to save the world, and uh, you know we I really do believe in that. So uh, Angelus is known for like its customer service. Just everyone on the team uh, bends over backwards to not only cater to, to requests coming in and out, but every day in our work, just thinking it through on how to make the experience as frictionless for entrepreneurs as possible. And it's very much the same philosophy that we bring with us to Republic. The other two things is a focus on engineering to automate as much as possible and scale and not a focus on adding bodies to the organization that allows for a very close team. And I think it uh, enables innovation and speed in a way that a larger company would not be able to do. And the third element is uh, combining engineering expertise with in-house legal expertise. Financial product, whether on Angeles or on Republic, uh, is half, you know, product. Uh, well, the law piece of it is at least half of the product, and we gotta view it as such. And so, outside counsel matters, but having internal expertise uh, about about law, about securities law, I think is so crucial to build, to innovate, and to make sure that you navigate. Um, in a way that's not too conservative, but always within the boundary of, you know, of the law, in the good graces of the regulators, so to speak. So I actually think this is a good place to pause for just a minute to tell you about one of our show sponsors. I was actually pretty excited when Skillshare reached out. You know, a lot of our listeners know I'm a real learning nerd, really into the audiobooks and things like this. And these guys have a ton of great classes. Um, there's like 16,000 classes on their website, but you only pay one monthly price you don't have to pay per class like a number of the services out there so it's unlimited access with a low monthly price kind of thing but the the breadth of the classes and the quality of them I'm actually really impressed with I was on there for just a few minutes and I had like a dozen classes I've, I've saved to take there's stuff on social media marketing mobile photography logo design just all sorts of things for growing a business or creative things um, and What's nice is they're letting me give away a free month. Um, if you go to Skillshare.com slash leader, uh, you can get a free month. Um, the class that I would recommend for sure right off the bat, though, is from Seth Godin. I'm a big Seth Godin fan, read all his books. A lot of my friends are too. But he's got a class on there called The Modern Marketing Workshop that I, I really could not recommend enough. It's, I actually think it's better than a number of his books because it's super broken down, specific how-tos, answer this question for yourself, make a plan, write it down. Um, it's not as much general uh, marketing advice. It's like specific. You need to do stuff different if you watch this. Anyways, 
skillshare.com slash leader get a free month there's tons of stuff on there worth checking out but but uh, my personal recommendation the modern marketing workshop by seth godin is the one that uh, i think you should at least check out anyways let's get back in the interview you said touched on something there that um you know you and i have talked about a little bit in the past or at least it touches on something we've talked about in the past that is sort of the product piece right that interplay between um you know the engineering the uh sort of uh, the online offering or, or product offering and uh, the innovative legal, you know, sort of expertise and perspective that you bring. Um, so with that, I, I kind of wanted to transition to something else about uh, how you, what I think is really interesting uh, that you got, that you do actually, you personally do, which is, as I understand it, you spend anywhere from 20 to 30 and in some cases more hours with each issuer, uh, each company that, that raise, does a raise on your platform. That is, that's very rare for a CEO, I would think, of a company that has this much to do, is this busy, and is this visible. Uh, why do you do that, and um, how, you know, how does that tie into this product piece? Uh, you know, that's an excellent question. Uh, the question as to why I do that, it's a little bit self-serving on my end, but um, one, first and foremost, it's a lot of fun we choose mission-driven or our focus is on mission-driven companies is due to our desire. I mean, we want to work with people that we like, and I really love people who have a mission behind, I mean, they have a mission behind uh, what they do rather than just, you know, out there to make money. And the founders of the companies currently on republic.co are among the most remarkable team uh, team that I've ever met. So I do enjoy spending time with them. And we also are learning on what works. Why is it that these founders, as incredible and talented and, and resilient, and they hustled really hard, why is it that they haven't been able to fundraise uh, you know, as easy as people or like founders from Silicon Valley, from Stanford or Berkeley. And so a lot of the time that I spend with them is to, one, help them, and two, to learn from them so that we can productize a process that that other people and entrepreneurs can use, whether or not they're part of the Republic community. So in many ways, um, helping them to help us so that we can use that to, you know, spread the message or, or, or teach other people down the road. Uh, it's a bit of a long-winded answer. Let me know if you want to be more specific about a particular company. Well, no, I mean, it's not necessarily uh, wanting to be specific about another particular company, though. I always welcome that. One of the things I think I would think is it helps you to, as I think you've said before, productize what you're offering, right? Everything, yep. the more involved you are as a CEO uh, with each particular company and each client, in a sense, um, the better equipped you are to create a targeted, useful product, right, for, for them and for investors. So the question then becomes, um, how, what is your interaction with uh, the investors like? Does it have anything similar to that? Obviously, it's not scalable to spend that kind of time long term. So I want to hear about how you're going to tackle that problem. But I'd also love to hear uh, what's the analog to that on the investor side, because that's your other yep. sort of client base. Yep. And let me share, allow me to share a little bit more details with a specific example on why and what we've learned from being very hands-on with the founders first. So take one of the companies that we have on the platform, Madanova. Uh, the founding team, uh, I mean, they have 
industry expertise, domain expertise, one founder, both of whom are women founders. Uh, one went to Harvard and Princeton. The other one was CEO or COO of a company that had uh, you know, a tremendous exit. And yet they weren't able to, to fundraise uh, or, or they weren't able to get the kind of reception from, from venture funds. So without going with them to you know, pitch events, I wouldn't be able to learn and to read what is it from their pitch that that doesn't work for the audience, for the investors. So by accompanying them to, you know, events in Boston or in New York, I would be able to see the way that they deliver a message, perhaps they're like too humble. Here's a product that's very timely, a product that would uh, enable pregnant women to reduce the risk of Zika virus, uh, you know, using an apparel line that repel mosquitoes. So it's a really cool product that people are enthusiastic about, but why is it that they aren't opening their wallet? So, so to answer your question a moment a while, uh, a moment back as to, as to why we do what we do, that's that kind of experience that we're trying to extract information from and, and teach it back. On the investor side, you're absolutely correct. Today, even though we're, uh, I mean, we're only eight, seven, eight weeks out, we have more than 10,000 investors who have signed up and gone through the quiz, the, uh, the, the accreditation, not the accreditation, the qualification process on Republic. It, investor education is absolutely key. And I think through partner programs like the one that we're doing today and through running our own webcast and just being out there and providing, you know, learning information on our website, those are the only ways that we can do, at least right now that we know of, to engage and educate investors. And anyone that emails us, uh, you know, usually it's me or my co-founder answering back uh, from our individual capacity to really get them excited and, and, and learn more about, about private investing. But it's much harder with that group of that loss of a group and it's going to grow exponentially. So we hope through partnerships uh, and through our own, you know, outreach um, functions that we're going to be able to excite a lot of people and educate them in the long run. And, and why don't we do that for a minute? Why don't we talk about, are, are you talking about Maternova? Yes, yes. Um, why don't you talk a bit about um, more of their entrepreneur story and, and uh, what you've seen now with, with uh, your deeper involvement with them? Yeah, so uh, Maternova, uh, when they came to us and we, from day one, even before we launched, we had positioned ourselves um, as a funding portal with a focus on women founders, and we stay true to that, as you as you could see. So we have hundreds of inbound interests, and today, you know, we're sitting more in on more than 150 uh, applications uh, from companies looking to fundraise. When we looked at the team and we heard the story of Meg Worth and Allison Coate. Um, their story just struck a chord with us 
for early stage investing, it's all about the team. It's not the idea matters and traction matters, but not all that much because they're going to pivot. Very rarely would you see a startup or a company that stay consistently with that exact model and product from the day that they launch until the day that they become a unicorn, a multi-billion dollar company. The question really should be, are the founders uh, strong enough? Are they really brilliant? Are they special, uniquely capable of overcoming the hardship of entrepreneurship? And are they, do they have domain expertise? So on all of those metrics, let's say the Madanova team, they hit the high mark on all of those elements. They have domain expertise. Meg is uh, an academic. She understands healthcare and particularly uh, mother's health very well. She spent decades research, uh, you know, that, that industry. So just from our, I would say, four or five interviews with the team on the phone that we come to really believe in in them. I would not feature a company that I myself, as an angel investor, would not personally invest in. And so it's that enthusiasm and their story of making a difference in the world that got us excited about them. And they have gotten a lot of enthusiasm from the industry. I think Madanova got picked by Marshable as the number one most impactful social innovation in the month of August of this year uh, is Mashable.com, the, uh, the website that, that does uh, these rankings. Well, no, and I'm, I mean, for anybody who, who wants to follow around with what we're talking about, if you just go to republic.co, this is one of the, the companies right there on the front page, but I'm just on republic.co slash Maternova. On, I mean, it looks like Bloomberg Business, Huffington Post, Forbes. I mean, they've got tons of coverage. Um, what I'm interested in on a story like this is, um, you know, I'm a big fan of those folks at Singularity University out there in the Bay Area who are, you know, spotting so many opportunities to have business make a big change in the world um, and different technologies. What, what's interesting here is, uh, I mean, this is potentially such a massive audience that, that this product can address. If you think about how often I think uh, a, a lot of products are are focused on North America only, or you know they're focused on the kind of people we went to school with, or something. This one appears to address a, a very huge market. Right. Yeah. No. This uh, the, the the you know the uh, the breadth, or, or how about this, the potential impact of a team like Madanova or the potential success of Madanova as a business, we look at it and we're like, you know what, if we can play a role in helping them succeed um, at the end of the day, whether it's 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, on our end, the Republic team looking back and say that we have done good uh, and, and do well at the same time, there's nothing that would be more rewarding. But you're absolutely correct that it is the unusually timely that is addressing the Zika crisis uh, across, you know, Latin America and now in Florida uh, and other regions. Uh, that 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 piece of Madanova certainly, we, you know, we, we uh, was uh, something that that uh, we were very enthusiastic about. Well, and let me ask you this: when you when you looked at building Republic, I mean, you, you have a lot of educational background, a lot of contacts. Um, but my guess is that it wasn't just a cakewalk that you had to work for it. I mean, our listeners really like to hear the startup story. Can you talk to us a bit about getting Republic going? 
Oh, uh, for sure. I, you know, be, being an entrepreneur is uh, a fun, but it can be a lonely and it can be an extremely arduous and difficult process. So I have been, um, you know, I have worked in Wall Street uh, during the financial crisis and I've been, I've always had, you know, more on my plate that I can handle, but I've been, I got, I've been, I've been averaging four or five hours, you know, a day uh, in terms of sleep for, for a good eight weeks now. So it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, when Title Three came about, or Title Three, which is the piece of law that allows equity crowdfunding uh, to, to come into play, uh, that I got really excited about it and I spoke to to uh, the founders at AngelList and the team there, and they, everyone is excited about the potential of this, but it's not a business model that AngelList wanted to go into, but they supported us. Uh, my co-founder was an engineer at AngelList as well, so they supported Paul and I to, to launch Republic, but, you know, let us, you know, run free, so to speak, and from the 8,000 tasks of forming a company, hire, you know, picking an office, at the same time filling out a regulatory application, uh, meeting a deadline, uh, engaging the press, you know, we, since we didn't know, there was no one knew anything about equity crowdfunding, we tried to do R&D on our end, uh, looking to hire engineers and business developers. It's juggling, I would say, so many tasks at once is something that you gotta that no one can truly understand until you're that person that entrepreneur trying to set up a new business and that multitasking to the extreme uh, but it's been tremendously rewarding uh, we're very grateful for the entire you know of people's support uh, in part due to the angelist affiliation and in part due to the mission due to why we are why we set out to do what we do um, and that support that enthusiasm really have carried us through some of the many you know all-nighters that, that we all have to do to get us to where we are today and I'm sure there will be a lot more there quite a few more all-nighters to to uh, to come <laughs> in the coming months yep <laughs> well I think this is a great place to to, to drop off with part one here um, please tune back into our next episode with Ken as we talk about going from sleepless nights to to uh, 10,000 uh, investors registered in his first eight weeks here. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're going to cut off part one of the interview there in the interest of time. We've had feedback that people would rather have 20 to 30-minute episodes, so we're going to break the interviews in half. Please check back tomorrow for part two of the interview. And as always, come to iCollective.co for show notes. And to learn more about child rescue, go to the menu and, and look at our child rescue page and see if that's something that you'd like to get involved with. Thanks for listening. Now's the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at The Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.